You're listening to Your Rivers Are Wrong, the podcast. Good morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you may be. Welcome back to the Your Rivers Are Wrong podcast, season six. Season six. Amazing. We're here. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Dante. And I'm the other one. My name is Merla. And we're here as we are every week or every week following this week because we weren't here the weeks prior uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, to talk about the wonderful <laughs> whimsies of world building, the art and aesthetics of setting up a setting and telling stories born from it. That's right. Amazing. Now we're kicking this off. This is episode 61. We've taken a little bit of a break before this episode. We're taking a little bit more of a break after this episode, which I'm <laughs> sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But we're, we're ready and rare to talk more about the topics that we love. And I'm so excited. I think there's a lot to discuss. I got a couple of announcements moving forward. Uh, mm. How are you feeling today? What's the vibe? I'm so good. We just talked about how a few days ago, for me at least, because I'm in Europe for the uninitiated. I'm in Holland. Right, right. The hottest days have just happened. And now it's not as hot as yesterday. So everything's right. better. Better compared to last, last day. <laughs> That's an optimistic look at it. Yeah. yeah. I remember there being a headline just a few days ago being like, the US experiences the third hottest day <laughs> in a row oh, from the last two hottest days that were yesterday and the day before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Ouch. That's great. There's a whole lot of climate stuff happening right now. I don't know the exact details of it, but it's probably bad. We'll figure it out sometime later. That's not what this podcast is about. It really isn't. Um, <laughs> It really isn't. Yeah, It really isn't. So what's interesting about this episode in particular for people listening or regular watchers is that we are recording this mid, not even mid, like first two weeks of July. Mm. And this is not going to go live until August. So I don't know if any of what we say here is going to age poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Like what if the world burns in in a month and then, you know, we're just like, it's so hot today. (laughs) In August, if the world is burning down and we're just like, you know, back in July. Yeah. <laughs> could be, could be. Yeah. I guess we could kick this off. This is kind of a kind of the bigger announcement for this season. We're going to record like one or two episodes here in July, and then we're going to disappear because I'm visiting Europe. Hey, it's happening again. again. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Euro trip to Electric Boogaloo. We're meeting up in London <laughs> and I have a grand old time there. I'm still not sure what we're going to do there. We have like one plan that's solid. Yes. uh, And we'll figure out the rest within the next two weeks, I hope. I mean, that's kind (laughs) of how this works, right? If you plan everything, it's going to go different anyway. Like, I don't mind spontaneous trips, but I know that you're pretty good at ultra efficient holiday. (laughs) So I'm I'm interested in how this goes. (laughs) I, it's not it's not that I'm, I'm gonna be a robot when i'm there it's just like okay well we have something at 11 30 something at 5 30 the thing at 11 30 ends at 2 30 so we have like three hours to burn and we yeah, can I mean. travel which is like an hour so we have like two hours to just do something yeah and I'm, that's kind of the vibe. i'm usually just like hi huh, i just woke up i feel hungry is there like a supermarket nearby that's that's it <laughs> that's the extent of my planning <laughs> Listen, that's totally fine, but yes. it is a difference because you travel like four hours to get to London. Yes. I travel like six hours by plane. <laughs> it's a very big difference yeah, in true. like the level of um, how much I want to do things that I cannot do <laughs> very often. And last year I said, I don't know the next time I'm visiting Europe. I straight up said, I want to do whatever. Very understandable. Yeah. Makes total sense. We hung out and did some cool things in Holland and this year... Kind of spontaneously, my mom was like, hey, let's go on a cruise as a family. And I'm like, I'm down. 
where do you want to go? And she's like, somewhere I haven't been before. I'm doing poses in the camera because this is how me and my mom <laughs> yes, talk. It's really clearly. Affecting <laughs> we, it. yeah. we just throw peace signs at each other while we talk. Um, <laughs> and I say, hey, there's some countries in Europe you haven't been to. Why don't you go to those? And she's like, yeah, planet. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love this so dynamic I, that you have. <laughs> so I organize, well, she, well obviously, uh, it's a big one for her. It's her 60th birthday, which is very ah, exciting. Very exciting. So I planned the flights. I planned the boat. <laughs> the whole boat. I planned the whole boat. I planned, <laughs> I planned the cruise. I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. I bought the tickets to ride the boat. <laughs> uh, the hotel. I and basically the built back. the boat. Yeah. I basically, just for this trip. What a good son. Um, <laughs> so, so I got all that organized and she looked at it, looked at the numbers. She's like, yeah, that's fine. And I said, hey. I'm in Europe. I might as well take a detour after the cruise is done. So I'm jetting off on my own while the rest of my family goes home. And we're going to hang out just for a bit. I mean, you're so advanced now. You figured all of this out last year. So now you've, <laughs> you're so flexible. You know how the planes work. You know how the things work. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. Last year, I did everything wrong. So now I'm going to do everything <laughs> less wrong, which is going to be great. But yeah, that's exciting. So one episode in this season, I don't know which, it's a surprise. And my future self is probably just going to title it live. It's going to be the one yep. where we're in the same room at the same time, mm -hmm. in the same time zone for the second time ever hey. um, recording an episode. So look yes. out for that. Very exciting. Also, a uh, big old announcement. And I don't know when this episode is going out either because pff, what is planning? We're in time limbo. It's fine. We're in like a time yeah. capsule. Yeah. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs> and if this somehow falls through, I'll just cut this audio out. Hey. Um, we have uh, in this season an interview with Cassie Mothwin from Tangled Blessings. Oh, that's right. We finally organized a day for her to come on. It's going to be wonderful. She is a game designer and has a couple of games very well acclaimed in her repertoire library. In her library, I think is the word. She wrote and designed, and it's wonderful. And I'm so excited to <laughs> to have another guest on this show. Yes, I don't know when that episode's coming out because we're recording it the night before I fly away from the country. <laughs> nice. So, so I'm literally gonna record that episode. We have the most it, flexible planning ever in this season. <laughs> pack my bags and go. Yep. Like that, that's <laughs> that's the game plan. Wild. Uh, so <laughs> fingers crossed it all works out. That episode. I don't know what that's going to be numbered. Some sort of point five in the future. And those are the two big announcements that's happening soon. Uh, anything else to add to that? I think you pretty much summed it up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got nothing. Just personal updates. Just being like, hey, cool. I got some new work. Hey, there's going to be shows. Hey, it's going to be summer. <laughs> that's about it. Well, I mean, start of a new season. We should probably just do like a quick 10, 15 second introduction because there are people listening for oh. the first time. Because, yes. you know, new episode, new logo case, change, yeah. new season. They're probably tuning in and like, hey, this might be a good time to jump in. Mm -hmm. Hi, my name is Dante. Uh, I run a YouTube channel that focuses on tabletop RPGs. It used to be D&D &D for a very long time, but now it's focused on literally everything else. <laughs> and I really like the arts and telling stories. And I was involved in writing things way back when. But now I'm not. I'm just <laughs> here. Now you're um, just talking about writing stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I've been a game master for over 400 games for other people. So... I feel like I know what I'm talking about in this very, very specific niche. Yes. And you got all and the expertise. Outside of that, outside of that, I'm just a little baby. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> anything about anything else. Um, so I'll toss it to you. And my name is Merle for the uninitiated. And I live in Holland, as I said. Uh, so we're mm -hmm. pretty far away. We're like super, yes, yes. super 
six hours away. Yeah, yeah. It's like a solid chunk of time in between, which is interesting, mm-hmm. but I guess we figured it out by the 61st episode. <laughs> I think we're pretty smooth <laughs> by now, except for planning. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, I come from a background in graphic design. I love all kinds of arts. I sing. I do illustration. I work in a, the literary field, which sounds very fancy, but basically means I just organize a bunch of writers and hang out with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you said literary fields, I immediately thought like a vast plane of a paper. field of letters, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Literary that's basically field. Oh where my God, I work. That's very yeah. Every day I just sort of oh, portal yeah? in. Yeah. It's very cool. exciting. Awesome, yeah. Awesome. Everyone just thinks they're talking about just, you know, the work field of literature, but it's not true. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I do a lot. I also make the art for all the for all the Your Rivers Are Wrong cover yes. images, which is fun. Exactly. Which is a nice little seasonal thing. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm also a podcast host. <laughs> Which you is this? Are, you are a podcast <laughs> host. You're listening to it right now. Listen, hear me out. Where we stand at episode 61, we recorded somewhere in the ballpark of 50 hours of podcasting. We have more experience than 90% of the podcasters out there. Right? Wow. We can okay, say that, if you say right? it like that, we're so we cool. We can say that. Listen, we <laughs> last, last, what was it, last year? No, how long? Have we started 2020. Christmas we started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 2022, we pumped out 30 hours what? of... Yeah, you're listenable right. content, <laughs> they, which which is edited down from forty hours because you know we yeah. we kind of chop it up so it's palatable. Anyway, uh, we're ten minutes into this episode. I'm assuming I don't know the numbers, but we should probably jump into <laughs> what we actually do. I How's think this sound? this first chaos is very representative of the the usual first ten minutes of our <laughs> podcast. So you know, if you don't like this, maybe don't don't hang out. But for everyone else, yes. I definitely feel like there's a subset of our listeners, and I might be calling out someone very specific right now. So if you're listening to me, I'm talking to you. There's a subset of our listeners who'd know to skip the first eight minutes of an episode <laughs> yeah. to actually get to the content. Maybe we should provide um, like time slots from now on. Like here, here's is where the actual stuff starts. Anyway. Don't just skip ahead. Uh, anyway, the, the format of our podcast is that we spend a little bit of time discussing one topic related to world building and storytelling for the first half. And for the second half, we uh, tackle a prompt, an improvised prompt. One person provides it to the other person and they have to improvise some sort of answer, some sort of situation or um, detail about something that they have never heard about before. So that's kind of the fun in it. Uh, Today uh, is my turn to bring a topic to the table, which is exciting because I'm surprised we haven't done this topic yet. I feel like uh, it's right up my wheelhouse. So I so <laughs> against all advice, I did not write any notes for this, but I'm sure it will be fine. Today's topic is the concept of a game master. Oh, we're going <laughs> to wait. We never talked about that. Yeah, you're right. I literally never had an episode wow. about that. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. So, OK, <laughs> that's feels so dumb. OK, isn't that crazy? Well, it was about time then. OK, cool. Let's bring it on. Yeah, that we straight up haven't talked about something like this. This is crazy. Yeah. So uh, a little bit of backstory. Uh, Merla and I met through a game of online D&D, which started about four years ago. And the core group is still playing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're now onto new campaigns. Uh, and although neither of us are the game master of this game that we've been part of, we've both led our, our fair share of games for other people, hosted the game for other people. Mm-hmm. So for people jumping into the concept of tabletop RPGs for the first time or playing their first game of D&D or something else, game master is kind of a weird phrase and people don't really understand what it means from the jump, especially if you're playing D&D and the person's called dungeon master. <laughs> and that's just about as nerdy as it gets, right? If, if someone's like, hi, my name is 
Josh, I'm your dungeon master. And just like, okay, well, slow down. You know, let's, let's talk this through. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so today I want to talk about um, what is a game master? What responsibilities do they hold? Uh, and what is unique about the narrative standpoint that they have when trying to create a story? What is so unique about the role of a game master that honestly hasn't been replicated in any other media? So that's kind of where I want to jump off. Yeah, on. sounds good. And maybe can you give us like a 10 second intro into what TTRPG is in general? That sounds good. Right. So tabletop RPGs are, to break it down, tabletop role-playing games. Tabletop games would be something like board games, you know, Clue or Monopoly, Monopoly yeah. or Risk, things like that. A tabletop role-playing games is specifically a game you play around a table where every player is involved in playing, so to speak, as a character, embodying a sort of individual, probably separate from themselves, and acting out scenes. Think of it as an improv session, but literally condensed to your table. And the games that we play, the tabletop games that we play, are frameworks in which these stories happen. So D&D &D sets up an epic fantasy. The game Masks, a new generation, sets up a story about superheroes. Games like Wander Home are like journeys across vast lands as uh, ordinary people. It kind of sets up the setting, the rules of the game, and you just kind of go with that. In these settings, there are usually most, I want to say most, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be cautious and say about half. About half of these tabletop role-playing games have roles known as player and game master. Player is somebody who is uh, responsible for bringing a character to the table, just one character and establishing maybe their backstory or their traits or their talents and things like that. And one player, usually one player, is given the title of Game Master. And the Game Master is responsible for presenting the setting, establishing the world that the players are playing in, playing as non-player characters or creatures that the players will interact with and have to kind of interface with, as well as the scenarios and situations. So the twists and turns of the story that you guys are building together. The concept of a tabletop RPG is that a situation is presented to the players by the Game Master, the players respond within the rules of the game, and usually an opportunity of chance is given. So that could be a roll of a die or a draw of a card that will influence whether the situation turns good or turns bad, and the improvisation builds upon that. And it's this exchange of actions and reactions that lead to a collaborative story being told. How's that for a... Great intro. Yes. I think Great. that that covered it yeah cool 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 i kind of want to gauge where you stand on it because as as much as uh you might say you're you're new to tabletop rpgs or don't have much experience in tabletop rpgs you've been playing for four years yeah so you have <laughs> for all intents and purposes you are among the experts of what this game looks like feels like plays like and i imagine if you had to explain the game to somebody else certainly could yeah sounds about right what was your first reaction to playing in a game with like a game master, because uh, like I understand like your first and maybe you could explain this, but like your first exposure to tabletop RPGs was from somebody else playing like online or something. Yes, for sure. So it started, I guess, with just a sort of random YouTube recommendation. I'm a theater nerd. I love theater. I watch a shitload of theater <laughs> whenever I can. Um, <laughs> and actually, as you might have realized from Dante's beautiful introduction right there, it's pretty close to theater improv, what we're doing. It's a game, but it's also a sort of system for facilitating improv in a way. Um, at least the way I, I love to play it most. There's very different play styles out there in general. But basically, because I was kind of 
accidentally already in that corner of improv and I guess that kind of stuff and gaming in general, it at some point got recommended to me through YouTube, where it was a live play of, in my case, Critical Role, which is quite a famous uh, Dungeons & Dragons playing group where voice Mm -hmm. actors are all playing a a character, which is obviously very exciting because they're very good at voices. (laughs) (laughs) And I absolutely loved it. And I was super confused what it was uh, because I was like, is this a game? Is this like a live stream? What's happening here? Is it? Are they making it up? I don't get it. (laughs) But I loved it either way. So I watched a shitload of their content. (laughs) And I mean, they're obviously very big in the sort of streamer side of things on Mm -hmm. on the TTRPG side. But because of that, I really got into wanting to play myself very bad. And then at some point, I joined a bunch of one shots online. And then from one thing came another. And then suddenly I'm in this beautiful group that we have right now, which is playing for four years and counting. And counting. So that's very exciting. So I guess Matthew Mercer, who is the game master of the Critical Role group, mm-hmm. was the first time I ever saw like a game master in action, I guess. But the first time we played, hmm, I'm not sure. Maybe it was you or I did a one shot before this, but I think either... You or one other person before was the first game master ever I played like an actual game with. And I think the thing that fascinates me most about, you know, game, game mastership. (laughs) Game mastership. I feel like there's a. Is that a word? Game masterdom. Maybe mastery. Mastering. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Any of those. There's no official word for that. We can make it up and it'll be whichever you like most. Yes. (laughs) Um. (laughs) What fascinated me most about that role at the table or in a live stream or whatever way is that it's kind of in between a character and the system in a way. Sure. So so you're sort of in between playing a part in the system and being the system, which sounds very abstract, but it's kind of because mm. the role is also abstract. Like unlike the players, each player has like one thing to focus on, which is their character and their development, which is super fascinating and interesting in its own right. But on the other side of the table, quite literally, is the game master who has not one character, but the entire everything else, basically. The, the, <laughs> the other 90% of the game is provided by the game master. Mm-hmm. And depending on the system you use and, you know, how much rules you want to apply, you know, there's a lot of variables to it. But basically, it means that the game master figures out the world and all the characters that belong in that world that are not played by players and, you know, the plot and landscapes and uh, plot twists and locations and all that stuff is figured out by the game master in a similar, well, you know, mostly in a similar (laughs) improv style reacting to the players. So you're still playing the same game and you're still both improvising and sort of riffing off of each other because that's, of course, where the most fun happens when when you're kind of going wherever the other player is leading you. Um, Mm -hmm. But still their role is very different. And I think that's very... That's very interesting to me. And I think also because if you can do it right, because it's pretty hard because you're multitasking so much (laughs) and you really (laughs) have to be on your toes because you're the one that sort of drives everything forward. I think it's just beautiful to see someone who's good at it in action doing it, right? It's I love when people are just skilled, when you can just watch people do what they can do best. And this is definitely an example of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've said this a couple times on my channel, but the first time I ever saw D and D, like in its full, at its Glory. full power, like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I played one game of D and D back in like 2016, and it did not affect me at all. Like I just whatever. But the first time I ever really like was enlightened to the <laughs> art of storytelling through being a mm-hmm. game master is watching D and D with Vin Diesel. So ah. there was a game where Matthew Mercer right. and a couple of other players run a game for All Star actor Vin Diesel, right, and. I watched as this guy I've never seen before, which is Matt Mercer, 
um, just begin to spin a story and like set up the <laughs> setting. Like you're in a swamp, there's a house, that everything's creepy. And the words he was using was very like elaborate. It was like reading right off a fairy tale. Yeah, page. it's very descriptive, right? Yeah. And the second he says, what do you do? And the the onus of control is handed over to the player. And Vin Diesel says, whatever he us- whatever he says, like, I, I go in, you know, that kind of energy. Sure, yeah. Immediately, um, the game master snaps over that beat and says, all right, you go in and you see that the room is dark and mm-hmm. you can barely see into the corner of these crates and barrels. And I'm like, oh, where did all this come from? You just come <laughs> up with this on the spot? Is this all planned or is this improvised? Right. And the, the art of being a very good game master is that it's impossible to know just how deep they've planned for this encounter, just how many mm-hmm. levels of detail they had in their mind before you ran into it. Um, the best of the best can improvise on the spot and everything just seems like a cohesive story. And everything they say ties back into things that have already been established, continues to build out the world, you know, invent these characters on the spot when the characters want them to arrive. You know, it's an art form uh, and it's and it, it hails back to like the art of improv and just performing on stages and being able to riff with whatever is presented to you whatever one other actor gives to you you receive and yeah. build upon this is the famous yes and right yeah yes. yeah for the uninitiated in theater improv whenever you're you know with another actor in a scene and you both are literally improvising you have no idea what's happening if mm-hmm. the other actor offers you something for instance other oh, suddenly i don't know frowning their brow and saying how tired they are then that is real because that becomes the scene so if you then mm-hmm. block that opportunity i guess by saying Oh, you don't look tired at all. Then the scene's dead, right? So so the right. sort of famous sentence of yes ending whatever is coming at you is really usually kind of famously important in improv. And that's really also what's happening in game mastering, I think. Yeah. And as opposed to stories that are written down, and as we've talked about before, like novels and comics and things like that, that have an established beginning, middle, and end uh, written by a single person. And the direction of the story is in 100% full control of the author. In tabletop RPGs, you can't know that. Game masters have to build, and and this is what I like, what's unique about the practice of game mastering, is that you build kind of a skeleton of what you think the story is going to look like. You kind of hit uh, some story beats that you line up and loosely prepare and detail as if you're outlining a book. Mm -hmm. And then you bring that to your table and present it piece by piece to your players, and they might take the story in an entirely different direction. So the story beats that you had planned before might no longer work with the direction of the story that it's taken. What is so interesting about the writing process of this game is that you never want to write too far ahead. You never want to have the ending already written in black ink, right? Everything is loose. Everything is erasable. And if the story veers off in an entirely different direction because your players would enjoy that more then that's what you got to do. You give them a scenario, you plan the next two or three potential scenarios, you wait to see what they pick, and then you write in that direction. It's very much, and this is not... Wait, am I about to explain why rivers are wrong? No, wait, let me slow down. This is one example of that, what could be. What? What's it's happening? Ba- <laughs> it's basically as if there's a river flowing, and as if this river was sentient, it chooses its direction. And you model the land and the trees and the rocks (laughs) and the fish all around where it's headed. Yeah. Right. In my brain, this always looks or feels like whenever you're in an open world game. And then if you're Mm -hmm. too close to the edge, you see this sort of landscape in the distance 
how do you say that? Like regenerate because it wasn't mm-hmm. there before because you didn't <laughs> right. you didn't come close enough to the new area to to be able to mm-hmm. load it because usually it saves time if you don't load everything in the entire vastness of your open world, right? Um, yes, purely yes. like computing power. But I think it also works in game mastering when your mind like literally can't cope with figuring out the entire world before the player has even gone into it. Right. <laughs> so it always feels like this. Um, there's this one meme where you see. Uh, a train speeding super yes. fast and then a guy in front like quickly putting down tracks in front of it to make sure it keeps driving <laughs> that's kind of the vibe yeah <laughs> exactly love that one in the journal of every game master is a beautiful fleshed out world and just past the just past the horizon are like cardboard cutouts of the, what the world would have been if the party went in that direction <laughs> yep Yep. It's a multiverse. <laughs> yep. Little mountains blotted out in the sunset that have have not been written and might not ever Are never going to be reached. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what's so great about it is with the advent of like YouTube and videos and actual plays being recorded and aired, you get to watch different improv artists, different game masters at work. Yeah. You get to see their different styles. What details they focus on, how big they make their characters, how bold they are with their choices. And how different you can go even in style. I was also kind of surprised with how different each game master is doing it, even if they're playing the same game, playing the same genre, mm-hmm. having similar characters. Having because, the same book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's there's so much variation to it, which I don't think I would have ever realized it if there wasn't so much streaming to to watch about <laughs> it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like um, one of the famous modules of D&D is Curse of Strahd, which involves Mm. a vampire, which has been run thousands upon thousands of times by different playgroups, by different people. And every single time it's played, it's different. There's not a single one that's exactly the same, that has followed the exact same beats with the exact same characters, never, ever played the exact same way. So there's this infinite value of playing it over and over and over again, because the choices people make can always be different. Mm. So there's two there's two things I want to bring up, they, and they're both sourced by um, my favorite game master personally, which is Brendan Lee Mulligan. He runs a table at Dimension 20, which is hosted on Dropout. Again, we're not sponsored, but every time I bring this up, I feel like I'm being sponsored by them. I would <laughs> love to be if you ever hear this. Uh, one of the metaphors he uses to describe game mastering or running a game is that it's a waterfall. It's a straight flow of water heading all the way down, and there's a place where it starts and a place where it ends. And the art of game mastering is putting rocks in the way of this waterfall and placing them in certain spots to make the flow of water or basically the travel of water from the top to the bottom as interesting and as diverse as possible. Hmm. So if you imagine the rocks as unique experiences, as curveballs thrown by the players, as different twists and turns of the story, what could have been a very simple story from top to bottom is accented and nuanced and colored by these different twists and turns on its way down. That's the job of the game master. Yeah, that's a great metaphor. And as a testament to the boldness of how he plays, uh, one campaign called Starstruck Odyssey was a game that literally took place in the vastness of space, where the players could travel light years at a time in any specific direction. I could never. (laughs) That's beyond me. Because that involves improvising entire worlds and planets and civilizations entirely on the spot. And if the party does not want to stay there and go somewhere else, you have to throw that entire thing out. <laughs> so so how does it work then? Because there should be, I haven't seen this one, even though I know you're mm-hmm. super excited about it. I really should. So what is then the structural element of this game? Because if you just give them complete openness, of course, it's all mm-hmm. going to feel like loose sand and like right. vagueness, I think. Uh, well, the characters are all part of the same starship crew and it's very ragtag, very broken down. 
And one of the biggest things that pushed the story forward is money. They just need to survive. Ah, okay. And that involves cutting deals, that involves taking jobs, that involves paying off debt or going into competitions to earn money, dealing with very bad people. So they just have to planet hop depending on where they want to go or who mm-hmm. they want to talk to or right. what you know their backstories tie into. Everybody has a place where they come from, of course. And that kind of sort of leads the story forward, but it doesn't necessarily imply any sort of timeline of what's the most important, where they should go first. And the game master just has to be ready for them to jump into any of these scenarios off the cuff. And, you know, you can kind of yeah, push and nudge them in certain directions by <laughs> giving like sweat. timelines. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just an incredible piece of work. Mm. And the combined improvising talent of both the game master and all of the very talented players is very, very fun to watch. Yeah, so. it sure sounds like it. And also this yeah. is reminding me a little bit of what fascinates me about the fact that so many TTRPGs are placed, you know, compared to classic literature or um, stories in other types of media. I don't know, theater pieces, movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. In TTRPG, it's really noticeable how many have a sort of medieval or classic fantasy setting. And I think, I guess, a big advantage of that and mm-hmm. why it's probably happening is because you, as the game master, then have limited means of travel. So you don't have to flesh out everything because it can go so far. They only have either their feet or a horse (laughs) and maybe a portal if they're very high level, you know, and that's about it. And that really helps you in a very practical way as a game master to be able to understand their kind of route through the story, but also through the world. If you just have the three nearest villages to go to and nothing else, because everything else is too far, because it takes you, you know, it would take Mm -hmm. you half a year to even go to the other side of the world, then it's very doable to understand where they might go next. And the players will have to decide, you know, it's quite a big decision to decide where you go because everything takes a while to travel to. And I think that's really helping for understanding a kind of good slowness to the story mm-hmm. will happen in that way. It will allow you to have a sort of breather and figure out what, what the next beat is going to be because, you know, okay, in two days they will arrive here. So then I need to have this village. <laughs> then this right. village needs to exist. But if you have, <laughs> as you were saying, like the Brennan Lee Milligan version, which sounds impossible to me, similar to what you were <laughs> what you were saying about it. Like if you have literally endless possibilities, wormholes, you can go anywhere, magic travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> magic travel style, do whatever you want, then that doesn't apply. So you need a lot of yeah. skills and flexibility to be able to make it work. And if he did, because you're obviously very excited about it, it sure sounds like he's a good DM. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or yeah, GM, yeah. I should say. There are entire books written on tips on controlling scope or reach or uh, leading your players down certain paths that might be more favorable to the story, influencing the players in certain decisions, but ultimately leaving it up to their creative decisions. It's an it's an art form. I can't describe it as any anything else yeah, but like a very sure. very specialized form of improv that people who enjoy telling stories off the cuff will really enjoy. And uh, jumping into the game master chair is often very intimidating for people, but for me, honestly, I just say just do it. Just go for it. See how it goes. See if you like it, and you'll be surprised at how many things you can come up with on the spot. You'll impress yourself. Is is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's my topic. And that's everything. Amazing. That's it. It's great to talk about because <laughs> we never sort of set a default or something for this, I think. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things mm-hmm. have come back in other topics, but it's never sort of related to, to the GM specifically, which I like a lot. Yeah, right. very good. Very nice. Okay. So here's the prompt I'm going to give you. Now I'm going to give you an improvised prompt and you're going to work your way through it. If you want me to help, just let me know. I'm going to toss you a prompt that, you know, lately we've been trying to connect it to the topic of the episode. 
So <laughs> here is your prompt. You are a game master about to run the best idea you've ever come up with. You have to convince me a player of its premise for me to join your game. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, now what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you three words in somehow, some way. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. They've got to be tied to the story. Yes. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to a random noun generator. Oh, no. A random <laughs> verb generator and a random adjective generator. Oh, no. This could be so bad. <laughs> Or beautiful. This is the best idea you've ever had. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it doesn't matter because it is my idea. So it will be. Yes. And you love it and the other people are going to love it. Yes. You ready for this? Let's go. Okay. The first word, which is a noun. (laughs) Yes. The first word is employment. Employment. Wow. (laughs) Very inspiring. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The verb is celebrate. Celebrate. And the noun is strange strange so employment <laughs> celebrate strange Why and you're employment? gonna pitch me <laughs> of all <laughs> the words <laughs> okay you're gonna pitch me the best idea you've had for a campaign ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gotta be great beware um okay wow okay so so imagine i'm pulling up i'm ringing your doorbell i'm saying like hey listen I heard you had a great idea. I want to hear it out. I've been looking for a game for a while. I heard great things about your table. You know, just lay it on me. What should I be ready for before this game starts? Okay. I know you've been looking for a game. So this is a perfect mm-hmm. timing. I think you're going to be so into this one. I've thought about this for years. Years. I haven't. I've never really been able to figure it out. I'm so excited. Until <laughs> a minute ago. <laughs> A minute when ago. But I finally Whoa. found the three main concepts that tie this all together. Okay. Hold on. You called me three minutes ago. You're telling me that you knew this idea was going to come? I was just, you know, ride or die, living on the edge, just Slow state. prematurely calling you. I, I knew I was going to figure it out. You know, got maybe it, it was the it. deadline that, that caught me to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It um, often is. Yes. So hear me out. I know this is quite different from the usual epic fantasy Tolkien magicness happening. But I think because of that, it will shine. <laughs> it will shine brightest. <laughs> and here it is. Okay. <laughs> Unlike usual settings, you exist, as well as the other players, you exist. I like existing, yes. As a, yes. <laughs> as a team of accountants. Hear me out. Ooh. Hear me I'm out. hearing. Ears are wide open. The thing that's going to tie this all together is the fact that you're all employed on a temporary basis. So the one main objective of this goal of this game is to get, you know, a decisive final position in this beautiful oh. company that you love so much but have only been been able to work for on a temporary basis. Got it. Got it. Relatable. Very Absolutely. exciting, right? Yes, yeah. very realistic. I think you'll you're yeah. going to be able to pull from many different sources, you know, you're you've yeah, all had listen. this experience working for a boss Loving mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loving very, it. Very universal. Yes, that's right. Universal experience. Everybody knows yes. what that feels like. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So in order to do this, wait, let me think. What, what were the other words? <laughs> Excitement <laughs> and strange, right? Yeah. Uh, cel- celebrate. A celebration and strange. and strange. Yeah. Okay. So in order to do this, you and your other three co-workers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the ones that are most devoted to this team, unlike all the other stupid people that don't really care about their job 
you know, crazy. leave at 5.30 instead of 6. You're Ridiculous. Not, you're not like that. No, unlike, unlike those people, you all mm-hmm. care. Care for the product, care for the company, and care for the boss. The one, the one man to impress here. Because if you impress him, perhaps he might give you a definitive, you know, contract and might perhaps. allow you to stay longer. Yeah. If, mm, yeah, if they that love you enough. I love it. <laughs> that, exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> so you all at the start of this game know that the boss's 50th birthday is coming up. <laughs> oh, okay. I and see where you're going. Famously so, the boss doesn't like birthdays. He doesn't like it in his private <laughs> oh, life. No. He hates when people bring pie for either his birthday or for their own birthday. It gives it a weird, awkward vibe. The meetings never go well when there's pie on totally the table. Get it. You know, oh, no. I hate when that yeah, happens. Very confusing. So, in order to impress him most... Why don't you figure out the most grand, beautiful party that will finally, finally release him from his strange ah. disliking? Mm. <laughs> Did you like that? How I put that in there? Yeah, mm, very subtle. I like right? that. Yeah. I like the emphasis. Yeah, subtle thanks. is the word I would thanks. use here. Exactly that. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Famously <laughs> subtle when you <laughs> emphasize it like that. Um, for his strange dislike, disliking of birthday parties. Okay. You know, it's coming up in four weeks. Mm. <laughs> and okay so and that's good that's it that's the goal <laughs> okay okay so, i don't know where else out. i wanted to go i'm, I'm gonna repeat Isn't it what exciting? i heard yes <laughs> i just to make sure we're on the same page i'm gonna repeat uh-huh. what i heard uh-huh. Please i do. am going to play as an accountant mm-hmm. a temporary accountant yes and with a team of three other temporary accountants <laughs> yes we're all going to vie for a permanent position in the workplace of our favorite boss. Yes. Who strangely does not like birthday parties. A truly some sort of anomaly is happening here. Right. Yeah. Isn't it? So to, to celebrate his 50th birthday, we have four weeks to prepare the best birthday party ever. As we do as accountants. <laughs> yes. Isn't it grand? Isn't it the best idea you ever heard? Listen, I just have one question. Okay. Where do I send my resume? Right here, baby. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sold. This is, uh, let's let's handshake on it across yes. across the internet. Uh-huh. This is going to be the best audio handshake yes. ever. And listen, guys, everybody listening, that's exactly how every campaign goes down. <laughs> you heard it, it here first. It starts as an accountant. You end up a powerful mis- magician. Magician. <laughs> Magician? Oh, this Mish- is magical Mishwood. too. I wasn't aware that this um, is magical sure. too. Are we? <laughs> yeah, let's. I mean, yeah. Okay, magical temporary accountants. accountants. Yes. <laughs> okay. Isn't it a good um, selling point? I'm in. You know. I, listen. I'm almost can sad to be the that. game master. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that looks like it's gonna, that sounds like it's going to be so. I much think fun. I crushed this prompt. <laughs> <laughs> I think you crushed it absolutely. Thanks. Thank you very much. Well, listen, that's all all the time we have for this episode. <laughs> End it with a bang. <laughs> so, um, again, thanks for tuning in. If you want to send in what prompts you might want us to handle, uh, we do take suggestions. Perhaps you have better ideas than I have. <laughs> uh, you can find us at uh, on Twitter YRAW podcast maybe we should change that to something more palatable because I feel like saying that every podcast is kind of strange um, so you can find us on Twitter strange. and or if 
Sorry. <laughs> if, that, if the website explodes, we'll tell you where to find us next. But you can always find us at our email address, yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. Yes. We field all the e- all the email that comes through there personally and read it. So whatever you send us will fall on our eyes somehow, some way. Thanks so much. This is where we uh, we resign off. But of course, we got to remind you of one thing that will always be a constant and will forever be a constant as you continue to use your imagination to world build and storytell. And it is this one simple fact. Your rivers are wrong. Oh, yeah, that's right. I almost forgot about it. And it's the truth. See you next episode. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Rivers Are Wrong. If you have ideas for topics, prompts, or you just want to share your thoughts, please reach us at yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. That's yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. Also, a big thanks to Maarten Schellekens, who created the intro and outro music for our podcast. And most importantly, thank you for listening. We hope to see you at the next one. Bye.